Good morning to all nations San Bernardino, all nations Las Vegas, and our E-Tribe family. I'm so excited that you join us for yet another amazing worship experience. And I believe as your heart's open, the Lord has something really unique that's different from anything that you might have heard him say to you recently. He wants to speak to your heart. I want you to do something really important. I want you to press that supernatural button the share button. I want you to share this with as many people as you possibly can. Let them know that the word of the Lord is about to come forward and that God has something he wants to say to them. I want you to get your Bibles and we're going to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 19. 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse number 19. The Bible says, now his daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, was with child due to be delivered and when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead she bowed herself and gave birth for her labor pangs came upon her verse 20 and about the time of her death the women who stood by her said to her do not fear for you have borne a son but she did not answer nor did she regard it verse 21 then she named the child Ichabod saying the glory has departed from Israel. And because the Ark of the Covenant had been captured because of her father-in-law and her husband. I want to minister a word this morning entitled, Where is the glory? Where is the glory? Uh, we are in week number two of this new series entitled, Revealed. We're focusing on the importance of the glory of God. We're using this definition for the glory of God. It is the manifested presence of the Lord. The manifested presence of the Lord. Here's what we know about glory. Here's what we know about God, rather. God is everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. We know that he is everywhere all the time. But there is a difference between his omnipresence and his glory. The manifested presence of the Lord. I believe for each of his children, the Lord wants to bring you out of the experience of being aware that he is just there to being able to sense and know that he is there have you ever been in a situation before where it became difficult a difficult time and a difficult season and you had a friend that gave you a hug or you had a friend that gave you comfort by just placing their hand upon your shoulder it begins to allow you to feel comforted by the presence of a friend and I believe in this season of your life the Lord wants you to experience him by not just being aware that he's in the room but he wants you to feel his comfort at another level and I heard the spirit of God say to tell you this there is comfort and there is help in my glory in my glory the word for glory here in in our text today in first Samuel chapter 4 is the a Hebrew word kabod the Hebrew word kabod and this is what it means it means weight the original word means weight, the weight of God. When you think about how many places and spaces you have been around and people that you have been around who have been without weight. They have been without weight upon their lives. Everything that they're expressing and everything that they're doing is coming from an experience of being lightweight. They're not carrying the glory of God. They're not carrying the power of God. And God wants to bring us to a place now in our lives where when people experience us, so they see us they experience the weight of God they experience the glory of God upon your life it's not just enough for you to be able to say 
that you are a Christian. But when people encounter you, they must experience the glory. I believe that was on Peter. I believe that was on Peter. I believe it was what was on Paul. I believe that's what was on Jesus. Obviously, it was the glory of God and it began to manifest. And when the glory of God comes, when the manifested presence of the Lord comes, that's when you experience miracles. That's when you experience signs. That's when you experience wonders is when the glory of the Lord comes upon your life. And we've been seeking a lot of things and many of us have been seeking the hand of God. We really have. We've been seeking God to do things for us. But I believe the Lord is fixing the heart of the church to get to a place now where we seek his face. And not only do we seek his face, catch this, but we seek his face with our whole heart. And as we go after God, what we're about to experience post-pandemic is that we're about to experience the greater glory or the greater weight of the presence of the Lord is about to be released. Also in that word kabod, we get the we get the word splendor. We get the word splendor. We begin to talk about now the beauty of the presence of the Lord. The beauty of the presence of the Lord. There is there is not just a weight in glory, but there's a beauty in glory. My God, I'm going to tell you what. Let me tell you how I know that many of us haven't been in glory because your face too stank. Y'all there? Uh, I said your face is too stank. Your, your personality and the way you you presenting yourself is too ugly. And God wants to bring you into a place where you begin to carry his beauty. And when you begin to carry his beauty, guess this, the law of attraction, the kingdom way is going to kick in. Because when you carry glory, what belongs to your life, I feel the Holy Ghost now, is about to be attracted to you and it'll find you where you are. You need money, get glory. Because that's another part of his glory. The Bible begins to talk about the rich that word kabod is heavy. Inside of the glory of God, there are riches that's released. And so if you need wealth, you need a next level of finances, you need your money to go to the next level, I need you to look at somebody in your home real quick and say, get some glory, please. Get some glory. We need the glory of God. Here it is. It's not popular, though. Why? Because you can do ministry without glory. You can sing without glory. You can do the routine of church without glory. And so, so many people have learned how to operate the machine of church without glory. So therefore, there's not a seek in it because you've been ran by way of your gifts and you've been ran by way of your talents and you've been ran by way of your abilities. But then we've missed out on the super that wants to come on your natural and we've missed out on what God wants to come on you. And the only way that you're going to be able to step into the next level of what God has available for you you need the glory of God Moses understood it Moses said God show me your glory it was his prayer he knew what his assignment was he knew what God ordained him to do but he knew he could not do it with glory without glory you ought to be tired of doing things by your own hand we need the hand of God to come and we get it by seeking his face. So we're on the series. This is just a little intro on the glory of God. The glory of God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 4, we see this story and it begins to talk about the daughter-in-law of a man named Eli. Eli, for history's sake, um, he was a part of Aaron's chosen family. If you understand this about the Aaron's tribe, Aaron's family, is that he was supposed to be the high priest. Eli had the responsibility of being the high priest. But along with his responsibility came great privileges and perks. 
privileges and perks. Remember that. That was connected to his position. And the perks that Eli had from his position is that he, was, he pushed himself into a place of lacking self-control and eating what God had put in place as sacrifices unto him. Now, I don't want you to start judging Eli. Because I want you to think about every believer who's consumed what belongs to God. I don't want you to put Eli down. Because I know that's when we start reading stories like this, we're like, Eli suck. Eli suck. But I need you to actually find yourself in Eli. Because the reality is that there have been many things that God gave you for his purposes and his plans. And instead of you giving them to him as the level of sacrifice you should have, you ate what belonged to God. Back in the pulpit, ate what belonged to God. And God wants to bring you to a place where we don't end up living life out like Eli did. Eli did not restrict himself. He had no self-control. No self-control. And his lack of self-control moved beyond himself and it became a gateway to his sons. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. When fathers have no self-control, it becomes a gateway to their sons. I need you to write that down. I want you to write that down. Why? Because the life you're living today lives beyond you. And I'm talking spiritual sons. I'm talking about natural sons. I'm talking about spiritual fathers. I'm talking about natural fathers, spiritual mothers, natural mothers, uh, uh, natural children. Getting to the place where you understand that when you live in the place of self-control, uh, uh, you live in the place of lack of self-control, it goes beyond yourself and it becomes a gateway to your sons. Because he had no control of his appetite as a father, it opened up the door for self-gratification, catch this please, in eating and in sexual sin. Are you still there? Scripture records this, that Hophni and Phinehas, this is what happened. His sons, they did not recognize the Lord's authority. Didn't recognize his authority. And, and listen, beyond that, they used their position to get their own way. They used the position that God gave them to get their own way. And listen to me. They even took advantage. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. Read it later. They even took advantage sexually of the women serving at the entrance of the tent of meeting. I don't have time for this. Uh, uh, they, they, they even took advantage of those that were serving at the tent of meeting and began to require sexual favors from the people who were supposed to be serving inside of the system that God has set up. I know, I know some of y'all want me to turn, but I'm not turning because I want you to realize that some of us have even come into the house of God or whatever God has called for us to build and we use that to get some. Is it on? I said we use that to get things that we desire. We use that to get attention. We use that to get favor. But God wants to break that mentality that was upon Eli and his sons and this disregard for God and his leadership. He wants to break it. Eli's sons and Eli had a disregard for God's law. Had a disregard for God's authority. And made a decision they would do whatever they want to do. Let's skip over to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 27. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 27. If this is good to you, I want you to type into the comments right now, this is good to me. 1 Samuel 2 and 27. The Bible says, then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, thus said the Lord God, 
Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house? When God starts asking questions, you ought to be concerned. Verse 28. Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest and to offer up upon my altar, to burn incense and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Verse 29. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded? in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all of the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house in the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, somebody holler now. Now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Here in the situation happening with Eli and his sons, God made sure there was a word that was sent to him that would open up a door of escape. I'm going to say that again. He made sure that a, a word was sent to him that would open up a door to escape. Now let's relate this to your life. Anytime that you're in any situations that come against the plan and will of God, God will always send the word to you. God will always get you a way out. This is why a lot of people are afraid of the prophetic and you shouldn't be. is because we think that prophets are supposed to go and blast everybody and tell them all of their business, put all their business in the street. And I'm going to tell you the majority of time you are not seeing God put people on blast. But after God has spoken a thing. And after God has made it clear, it's not that God puts you on blast, your disobedience puts you on blast. Your disobedience puts you in a place where then there was a moment that was opened up for God to have to repeat himself and to put you into the place where he should be. Somebody say, where is the glory? Where is where is the, the glory? Um, and so he got sent the prophet. He sent the man of God to him, and he did not listen. Let's fast forward. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, just walking the scriptures, and we get there, and we see that now comes into the story this young boy named Samuel. First uh, Samuel 3 and 1, the Bible says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And listen to this part. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Catch this, because there was no widespread revelation. The word of God was rare in those days because there was no widespread revelation. Sounds like 2020 church. Sounds like 2020 church. It's, just, it's not that, it's not at all. It's not at all. Some of you are like, no, the word of God is not rare. We got preachers. You're right. We do have preachers. But what we're missing is the voice of God. You're right. We do have people that have sermon series. You're right. We do have people that have great videos. You're right. We do have people that are putting out great content, content. But what we're missing out is revelation that we are in a season even now where we are lacking widespread revelation. And I'm going to tell you, when you have a revelation from God, you respond by faith through that revelation. And I'm going to tell you about the way that the church world responded to COVID-19 shows proof that you didn't have 
any revelation. Because when you have revelation, you move upon that revelation in faith. You can't tell me that revelation told you to be fearful. You can't tell me that revelation told you to run and hide. You can't tell me that the revelation of God told you that you ought to be afraid when Jesus laid hands on the leopard and they were healed. Somebody holler revelation. There's revelation that God is releasing to each and every one of our, our lives. And so let's just skip on down to verse number 10. And, and verse number 10, just walking through it, the Bible says, Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answers, Speak for your servant hears. Verse 11, Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel, at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. That day I will perform against Eli, against Eli, against Eli. Now that has to be a difficult situation when the God of heaven is saying something against you. A lot of us are like, well, that's not, we're in a gray season. You're right, we're, we're in a gray season. But if you start looking like the devil... And you start aligning yourself with the kingdom of hell. I don't want you to think that heaven is for you. Please hear me. God died for your sins. He did without a shadow of a doubt. He loves you. He loves you. But you make your decisions on what side of the line you will be on. You make your decision if you are going to be on the narrow road or the ride road. God's not making that decision for you. You make that decision. And if you hang around over there, you will be guilty by association. Hang around with demons till you act like one. You look like one. You behave like one. But God wants to pull you into a place i promise i'm getting to grace god wants to pull you into a place where you really embrace the fact of what he's designed for you to do i never want to be in the position where god performs anything against me let me keep going in that day i will perform against eli all that i have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end verse 13 for i have told him (laughs) god said i said it already I've spoken to you about this already. And I wanna, I, I'm dropping this in here because I, what I want you to do, you're like, what is he, why is he taking us on this journey? Because I want you to go, to the, go through the journey of getting any little bit of Eli you have in you out of you. I want you to get Eli out of your soul. Any behaviors that look like Eli, lack of self-control. I want it out of you. Any behaviors that look like you want to go your own way and use your authority to be able to build your own thing. I want it out of you. Anything that pulls you into a direction that goes against God. I need you to type in the comments right now. Eli has to go. So uh, in the day I will perform against Eli. All that I spoke concerning this house beginning to end for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile. There's revelation there. His sons made themselves vile. His sons made themselves vile. Through their own decisions in the own directions that they went, they made themselves vile. And here it is. And they did not restrain themselves. You are not matched or you're not marked by your temptation. You become marked by your consistent response to come into agreement with the temptation you feel. See, that's the trick that I tell people all the time. That people feel like because the devil has tempted me, then I'm full of whatever, whatever. No, everybody 
always been tempted. Jesus himself was tempted, but without sin. Everyone gets temptation. You are not bad because you were tempted. The problem is when you start acquiescing to that temptation, when you start getting to a place where you make a decision, you're going to go along with it and you do it consistently and get into perpetual sin. It is not the temptation at all. It's your agreement with the temptation. And so we find that the sons of Eli got into a place but they made themselves vile and did not restrain themselves. Verse 14, and therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. That's strong. He said, there's no way at this point that you're going to fix this. I'm moving. Um, chapter 4 of 1 Samuel brings us to the focus of our time together. We find that Hophni... And Phineas take the Ark of the Covenant into a battle, trying to use it for their own purposes. Taking what God used to represent his glory and to represent his purpose and moved into personal gain. Taking what God had designed to show forth how he wanted to touch his people as an example that he would never leave them and as an example that he would always be with them and they took it and tried to use it for their own purposes i want to offer to you today that many of us as believers have begun to take what god has given us and turned it for whatever direction that we wanted to turn it to get whatever we wanted to get out of life we here's the problem with this is that they played themselves because they thought because they took the ark into war that they were going to win. I'm getting ahead of myself, but they thought that because they decided to come up with their own plan, come up with their own way, that it was going to work for them. A plan outside of God's plan will always turn on you. Please write that down. A plan that's not God's plan. A plan that goes against God's plan will always turn on you. The best space is obedience. The best space is agreement with God. The best place is to get into the place of saying, even though I don't like it, am I not agree, God? If, I, if it was me, I wouldn't do it that way. But then you still pull your heart into obedience and go the direction that God has ordained for them to go. So they take the Ark of Covenant. Ark of God into the battle to use it for their own preferences. And listen to this, they had no reference or regard for God. And they got confused that the thing that held God's presence was God's presence. They thought the box that his presence was supposed to be in was actually his presence. They thought that the walls they thought that the buildings that they built, that just because they built it, that meant that the glory was in it. They thought that the thing that they, that they tried to put together in the systems that they created, that just because they built it and just because they carried it with them, that the glory was there. Many of us have gotten to a place in our lives today where you're finding out right now that the places that you were in before, while you've been searching online, you're finding out as you've been watching other churches that the place you were at before had no glory there. 
that even though they had built the thing and they had built structures it was without the glory but I believe that the Lord is pulling you into a place and a knowledge now he said I'm just gonna give you a little taste because I want you to know what you were missing in the time where you were wandering around I want you to know what you were missing in the time where you were going from place to place I want you to I want you to know what you were missing you've been missing my glory so the ark no longer had the presence of God and they tried to manipulate it. They literally, one version of scripture said they called it the magical box of God. But God will never be manipulated. No, it's not frozen. <laughs> I just want to make sure you got it. Yes, I'm going to do it every week. I'm going to say it again to you. God will not be manipulated. This is something that's important for you to get. No matter how bad you want something, you will never manipulate God to give it to you. If it's not in his will, you're not getting it from him. Now, what I need you to understand, there are, there are other measures by which you can get it. Come on, you can sleep your way to a promotion. I can't hear nobody. You, 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 can, you, can, you can lie and steal to the next level. You can. But let me tell you something the Bible begins to tell us in the Old Testament. It speaks of good success. So not every success that exists is from God. Uh, not every success that you find in your hand came from the Lord. But if you get to a place where you say, God, I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. And I'm going to go the way you tell me to go. Then I'll get the kinds of success that you want me to have. God will not be manipulated to give you anything. You won't be manipulated into that house. He won't be manipulated into that car. He won't be manipulated into that spouse. He won't be manipulated into that next level. You've got to obey your way to the next level. He tried to manipulate God. Tried to manipulate God. And let me tell you what he got him. Dead. 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 The wages the wages, the wages of sin, the wages of sin is death. That's why the enemy, and y'all don't want, y'all like this kind of gospel. And people watching online talking about, let me go find somebody that's going to just preach hope today. And I'm preaching hope. Give me a second. But what you're going to have hope in if your hope is false hope? Because you can hear all these motivational speeches if you want to online. But if you're not postured in the right place, it ain't going to work for you anyway. You can listen to all these happy-go-lucky messages if you want to. But if you don't allow God to fix your heart, you'll never get what they're saying that you're called to have. It remains, it remains, it remains a cry out of heaven that says, give me your whole heart. And if you give me your whole heart, I'll give you the whole world. I heard about If you give me your whole heart, I'll give you everything that belongs to you. But God says, I want it all. 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 Um, so he gets to the place now where they do their best to manipulate God and find themselves in death. Now, when Eli heard of it, it was a problem. Let's talk about Eli for a minute. I told you that Eli had an issue. And Eli's issue um, is that he believed in overindulgence. And Eli have, as many of us have that are watching right now, he dealt with the spirit of gluttony. Don't turn me off. He dealt with the spirit of gluttony. He overindulged. He did not eat for sustenance. 
He did not eat for sustenance. He ate for pleasure only. And I'm not saying that you can't have a good meal. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy the ribs. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy the ice cream. I'm not telling you that you should never enjoy food, but I'm going to tell you that the overindulgence that you do on a regular basis is a sign of poor character. Now, don't go silent on me. Uh, poor character, because I mean, it's crickets for the little small audience I got here. They didn't say barely nothing this whole message. But I'm going to tell you something. Um, is, that, is that God wants to pull you into a place where you begin to control that flesh at another level. Let me tell you what I learned. What I learned is that your overindulgence will kill your purpose. Your overindulgence will kill your destiny. And you'll be to a place where you will not complete what God had called you to do. But you've got to get to a place of understanding the need to align yourself with the purpose of God. So let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Eli was fat. Ask me how fat was he? Eli was so fat that when he leaned over, he killed himself. What he was carrying was so big. His, his overindulgence, his, his things of taking in all of this stuff, as he leaned over, he literally, his own weight, the weight of his issues killed his purpose. The weight of his issues killed his destiny. The weight of his issues messed up his entire life. First Samuel chapter 4, verse 4 through 18 shows us this idea of Eli dying. Let me tell you, some people say God killed him, and I will tell you God did not Self, his lack of self-control killed Eli. Here's what the wife of Phineas happened with him. The Bible makes it clear that the wife of Phineas was pregnant. And upon these tragic events, the death of her husband, brother-in-law, and father-in-law, she goes into labor. She has this baby, and right before she dies, whole nother story, she names the child Ichabod. Now, that's an ugly name. Now, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, come on, I, I'm going to call no names because I don't want nobody to send me no emails, but I'm going to tell you, there's a, you know, we name our kids all kinds of stuff. Um, but she felt the pain of that moment. If you read the scriptures, oftentimes the names that were given to people were either an expression of something that was happening at a moment or they were prophetic for what God wanted to be done. And they got into that place and in the midst of her pain and her anxiety, catch this please, she lost every man. Now, some of you don't get this. She lost not only her father-in-law, but she lost her husband. And here's the thing about it. If you understand how families worked back then, if she had had the brother-in-law still here, potentially she could have had a life. Because oftentimes the brothers would take the wives of their, uh, of, their, of their deceased brothers as their own and would care for them. But now she as a woman in their culture is now left with no livelihood, is left with no one to support her, no one to be there for her. So this thing is now extending, extending far beyond just what, um, what the sons and Levi, Eli experienced. Now help me, let me help you get this. There are certain things that will begin to happen and there are collateral damage. There's collateral damage that will happen in and around you when you operate in what you operate in. And a lot of us think that we can just do it and because we said we're sorry that there is no consequences. I got to lean in. But there are natural consequences. You put anatomy in a certain place and don't use protection. It is not 
God that is getting you or anything of that nature. It's science. Sperm and eggs. Equal babies. There is no oops, I did it. I get it. I, I, it kills me when people call me back. I don't know how it happened. Um, biology. You've got to get to a place where you understand there are natural consequences that comes on the other side of this thing. And because of what Eli and the boys did, it put this woman's life at jeopardy. The Bible says that she said, I will call my child Ichabod. And this is why it means the glory has departed from Israel. What you've got to understand is that she explained why the glory departed. See, the glory departed because of my husband and my father-in-law. She understood that God did just not remove his presence. That it was the actions of humans that determined if it was a space where glory could be. Some of you got it, some of you didn't. God is not looking to just take his presence away from you. You make a decision if you're going to create the proper habitation. God does not get to a place where he says, I just don't want to be around you. But he has requirements where it has to be built a certain way. It has to be, it has to be created a certain way according to his plan and according to his pattern. And when you set it up the way he sets it up, he'll inhabit it. But God is not forced to inhabit any ugly place that you offer up to him. You've got to come into alignment with him and it's not his job to come in alignment with you. So the capture of the Ark of the Covenant was one of the most tragic events in the history of Israel. Now this thing, this box that the presence of God was in, it was now gone. And this was something that was major to them because obviously you want the presence of the Lord with you in every space and place. I don't know if you've ever been in a circumstance where you've ever felt like, where is God? I don't know if you've gone so far off the deep end before I have. I don't know if you've gone so far off the deep end in your sin. If you've gone so far off the deep end in the things and the cycles that you have created that you've got to the point where you're like, I don't sense God anymore. And it's not that God has necessarily made a decision that he didn't want to be around you. It's that you allowed yourself to get in perpetual sin, which opened up the gap between you and God. So there's certain things that causes for the glory to depart. And I want you to write these down. We're almost out of here. The glory of God departs, number one, when there is a disregard of God's authority, his word, and his commands. I really want you to think about that. The glory of God departs from an individual, from a business, from a church. It departs when there is no regard of his authority and when there's no regard of his word and his commands. You can put whatever type of name of a church on top of that building that you want to. It doesn't mean that the glory of God is there. You can call it glory cloud church of the, of the, of the, of the power of God. Amen. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It does not mean that God is there. If it doesn't line up with his authority, if it doesn't line up with his word, if it doesn't line up with his commands, you're not going to get to glory. And I believe that God wants there to be a distinction. And I heard the Lord say, tell my people that the distinction in this hour is my glory. Your difference in this hour is my glory. Keep your great graphics. Yes, keep your great videos. I believe in it. But at the end of the day, please don't do it without the glory. I told God, Lord, please, 
wherever you take us and whatever you do in us however you use our church father please don't put us into a place where we move in any space without the glory but whatever you do in us father however you use us around the world lord allow your glory to be manifested around us all we want is your glory we want glory more than we want millions we want glory more than we want buildings we want glory more than we want people i'll let the people go if i can just have the glory i'll let the buildings go if i can just have the glory i'll let the stuff go if i can just have the glory but you just type in the comments right now give me the glory secondarily when you use your own position to fulfill your own flesh desires regardless of who it may affect you're asking for the glory to be gone you're asking for the glory to leave when you start building this thing on you when you start making yourself the center of attention and this is why and please hear me this is why celebrity christianity we must be careful we must be careful. Let me tell you what God will do. God will breathe upon your name and give you fame. That rhymed. I like it. God will breathe upon your name and give you fame. He will do it. But you want to be careful to make sure that you've not gotten into a place where we started creating celebrities, right? We start creating these spaces and these people. We start creating these things that God never did. So it's possible for you to give fame to people God never wanted to give fame to. And you'll perpetuate the foolishness that they give out by your continual likes and, and even financial support for stuff he doesn't agree with. But we start building all of this stuff around ourselves, uh, and then when you do that, regardless of his plan and his will, the glory leaves. Let me move. Then, listen to me. When we attempt to manipulate rather than leave, the glory departs. You find all of this in the story of Eli and his sons. Whenever you manipulate rather than leave, what do you mean, Sherman? You've got to get to a place where you make a decision. I am not going to try to manipulate the people that are in my leadership, whether they be my children, whether it be my business, no matter where it is. If you've got to manipulate people to follow you, you're not worth following. If you got to push on folks' emotions in order to get them into a place of agreement with you, listen, you're not worth following. But you've got to get to a place now where you make a decision, I'm going to follow according to God's plan. Here's the next thing. Well, when, we, when we abandon God's directives in worship to follow our own designs, when, when, when we make ourselves and our parts priority more than we want God, then what begins to happen is that the glory leaves. And you don't mind. Most of you don't even, what I'm talking to you about sounds like Chinese because you don't know church with the glory. So you're like, huh, the who? The what? Why? Because you don't know church with the glory. You don't know walking with God with the glory. So you don't even know that you're missing the glory. My time is running. I, I, but, but God wants you to get to a place where you recognize that the glory is God. When was the last? How do I know the glory is not here? When was the last time you saw a miracle? Watch yourself. When, 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 was the, when was the last time you saw God move in miraculous ways? When was the last time you saw the divine intervention of God come into your life, come into your church, come into your circle? When was the last time you saw that? These things happen when the glory of God is released. These things manifest when the glory of God is released. And we've got to become a people of his glory. 
what do we do? If we feel that the glory is gone, how do we, how do we get it back? And because and, I want you to have something by faith today. I don't want you to leave um, looking at this message to be like, my God, all he helped me to know is that I don't have glory. Here, let me help you with this. Revelation chapter 2, and I'm not going to read all of it for the sake of time. Read it. You read verses 4 through verse 5. Begins to give us key formulas to be able to get yourself in alignment with God. How do we get the glory to return to our lives, our ministry, our business when the glory has departed? Number one, you have to remember. You have to remember. What I mean by remember, you have to remember his design for you. Now, this is what I need you to understand. I'm not talking about natural remembering. I'm talking about the word of God will help you come to yourself. Some of us never knew ourselves, so you can't come to yourself without the assistance of the word. It's the word of God that reveals you to you. And when the word of God reveals you to you, then you remember. I can't hear nobody. There's a space in you. I, 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 am, I am a man without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, Listen to me. Let me tell you this about my manhood. My manhood, what I understand in my humanity is that I live in a body. I have a soul, but I am a spirit. And before I was ever in this earth realm, God knew me. I was in him. I was in him. Before I was ever in here, I was in him. Before I was ever in here, I was in him. And so when I get into the word of God, I have a memory that's an eternal memory that's not locked in a natural history. But this eternal memory is connected to what he made me and how he made me. And so when I dig into the word of God, it's something gets activated in my supernatural memory that allows me to be aware of what he really intended, what his intention was in the first place for me to grab a hold of that. And when I remember, I come to myself. It'll be like Luke chapter 15, when the prodigal son came to himself, when he got knocked out of his old ways and got knocked out of his old thinking and aligned himself with the will and the plan of God. I need you to come in the comments right quick. I'm coming to myself. I'm not going to allow this old man to keep me. I'm not going to allow this old way to keep me. But I'm aligning myself with the plan of God. I will remember. I got to go. The second thing you got to do, you got to repent. Uh, I said repent. You got to repent. We don't like that word because we think that word is for sinners. And Because we think that word is for sinners, the majority of us don't repent. And because you don't repent, you get no refreshing. The Bible makes it very clear that times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. But the precursor, listen to me, is repentance. Uh, you got to get to a place where you understand that God wants you to repent. My God. And this repentance that he talks about is not, I'm sorry. But the repentance that he's talking about, look at study Matthew chapter 3 and 2. It's talking about the changing of a mind. It's talking about the turning around of a thinking. It's, talk, it's talking about changing a system of thought to be able to get where God wants you to go. But that repentance. This means I'm going to change my mind. I won't think the way I used to think anymore. I won't behave the way I used to behave anymore. I'm going to come in alignment with the word of God. I will repent. And when you repent, there is a glory that's about to be released on your life. When you repent, there's a next level of power that's about to be released on your life. But the connection to the glory is repentance. Remember? Repent, return. Remember, repent, return. When you understand that you get to a place now where I'm going to come to myself. 
Secondarily, I'm going to repent. Then I'm going to return. Return to what? Revelation talks about returning to your first works. Returning to your first love. There is a shift. Play something softly so they can feel good. There's a shift that can get you to a place now where you make a decision that you know what, God? You become priority over everything else. See, your way to everything that you need is found in glory. The way to every desire that you have is found in glory. There are faster ways that can get you there, I can tell you that. The ways of the flesh may seemingly get you there faster, but the ways of the flesh won't keep you there. The ways of the flesh will open up a doorway, but then it'll kill you in the process. You'll be like Eli and his sons trying to get to where you want to get by the way of the flesh, and then it be the thing that killed you. But when you follow his pattern and his plan, and you make a decision that I'm going to return. I'm going to return to my first love. I'm going to return. I'm going to make him first. I'm going to make him priority. Something begins to shift. I know this message today wasn't the message that told you you were going to get a brand new car and all of that. But I need you to understand today that God has been talking to you about you. He's been talking to you about the functionality of your heart and how he wants his glory to be upon you. But you've got to make sure that you remove everything out of the way that's stopping his glory. Remember, hint, return. And I prophesy to you that on the other end of this, there is coming glory in an unprecedented way. I want to talk to you about what you're going to see through the summer months in America. You're going to see the manifestation of great glory. This will be a summer to remember. Lord will begin to show you once again what his heart and his plan is for his children. He'll be able to show you and he'll begin to show you that his will and his plan is even beyond anything that you would have imagined that would manifest. But the Lord says, I desire for my glory to be released upon my sons and my daughters. The Lord said, if you'll cry out to me and if you'll align yourself, I will send exactly what belongs to you. This is the moment when my heart is being poured out to you, says the Lord. But I desire to release myself upon you. When you receive my glory, you receive me. When you receive me, you receive my glory. You will experience what it's like to be in the place where revelation becomes continual and not a moment. When revival becomes a lifestyle and not an experience. God said, I'm bringing you into this space by way of my glory. This is what I want you to do right there in your home. I want you to lift your hands right now. There is a pulling. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. There's a pulling. There's a pulling where the Spirit of God is pulling you into a place of obedience. And There's a wooing. I can sense it now. There is a pulling and a wooing where the Lord is saying, hey, I'm giving you an opening. I'm giving you a door. I'm giving you a moment. Uh, bow before me. I hear the Lord. Bow before me. Bow your hearts, my God. Uh, bow your hearts uh, for me. Many have bowed their bodies, but have not yet bowed their hearts, said the Spirit of God. Many have bowed, many have bowed naturally, but they have not given me their heart. But I heard the Lord say, bow, 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 bow. Because if you bow before me, said the Lord, I'll release my glory. I'll release my strength. I'll release my power. But it's going to come on the other end of your bow. And I can hear it now. I hear it. I hear it. Where is the glory? Where is the glory? Where is the glory? And where are the glory carriers? Where are the glory carriers? Where are the ones that are willing to pay the price? To pay the price? To stand alone? To 
different, to be ones that behave differently so that we can carry the glory. The glory is coming to your home, your children, your family, your household, your city, your nation is coming. The glory is coming. This will be a summer to remember the glory of God, 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 the glory of God. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. The glory of God, the glory of God. Let it all see. The glory of God, the glory of God. The glory of God, the glory of God. Come on, take a moment right there in your home. Worship Him. Give Him glory. The glory of God, the glory of God. The glory of God is coming to your home. Father, thank you for your glory. 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 You promised. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your glory. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your glory. There's a remnant of people that need your glory in America. We want your glory in America. We lay ourselves down before you. We lay our lives down before you. And we won't pick it up. <laughs> and we won't pick it up, my God. And we won't pick it up again. We we lay our lives, we lay our lives, we lay ourselves before you and we won't pick it up, and we won't pick it up, have your way in us. Listen. The glory of the Lord, rise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The glory, 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 the glory,